Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Kate Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Mm. Uh, welcome to another edition of a Marvel show that Jordan actually likes. I think you should really consider your uh, intro for the Loki season two. I think the uh, most important thing is consistency. Yeah. You have broken it a couple times. I remember Guardians 1, you said, well, Marvel didn't actually suck today. Oh, what a big and moment for have... the show. <laughs> <laughs> so early. Yeah. And then you've liked stuff more than that since then and have not broken character. Yeah. Uh, but yes, consistency is important. Uh, we are here to talk about... This is also... Is this the first uh, Marvel show that we've done a mid-ep since Loki Season 1? Probably, unless we did, I don't think we did one for like Miss Marvel or Hawkeye, but we could have. Those would be the only other two. Or I guess she, you, she let's, Hulk? Let's take a look. Let's pull up the old files. Oh, She-Hulk's nine episodes. I bet we did a mid Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking is because it's a longer show. Nope, She-Hulk's just two parts. We just did two for She-Hulk. We did mm. one for Moon Knight in which you watched two of the episodes. Um, <laughs> we did... Hawkeye 1 and 2, then me and Liam did the Christmas episode where he filled in for the mid parts of Hawkeye, and then you came back to do 5 and 6. Okay, so we kind Uh, of did. As a show, we did. As a show, we did, but as two co-hosts since 2017, we have not. Well, I guess since Loki Season 1. Right. So it's it's, uh, been two years. Two whole years, plus a couple months. Um, so what's, uh, what's new with you? It's been two weeks. How have you been? Oh, pretty good. Yeah. How's uh, that hot tub coming? It is not, though I did, hmm. I guess since the last time we recorded, I did, I was in a hot tub because we, okay. my family went to Gatlinburg and every single uh, cabin in Gatlinburg has a hot tub. So you pitched the idea of this as you were, uh, signing off the pot or sometime during yeah. the pot. That you were doing this. So that delivered, got into that hot tub, very nice, <laughs> on a cool fall night. Sounds great. Yeah, that's the best kind of hot tub. Exactly. How many times you get in? One night? Two nights? Uh, twice, but once was during the day. Oh, wow. And then my that's... niece and nephew were like, oh, let's do it. And then they both yeah. like kept falling under, and when their heads went under, they were not happy with it. I mean, it's... Uh... Isn't that just like, I, I mean, aren't kids not supposed to go in hot tubs? Your niece and nephew are like under five years old. Yeah. No, they didn't stay in long. They're mostly, they were supposed to be putting their feet in, but then they kept being like, I think I'm going to oh, stand. Oh, they would just slip in. Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. Um, yeah, because that is, uh, I always remember the allure of a hot tub when I was a child because all the adults were doing it, but then yeah. I'd get in and it was too hot. Yeah. No, I think they once, the once they fell, they were like, "Oh, oh, this is this is too much." We yeah. also tried to turn it down before they were there, but I mean, it oh, stays well, I pretty would hot. Not do that. You for would any never child. compromise the heat. <laughs> never compromise the tub. Um, that sounds like fun. Uh, how how is? Uh, do you want to do a law corner real quick? Any any law updates? I mean, just applying and interviewing. You working for Saul Goodman yet? Pretty much. Nice. Very cool. Um, Watch any movies recently? Yes. I watched a movie just last night. We discussed... What was it called? We discussed doing a horror movie. uh, You and me or you and your wife? 
No. Well, didn't we discuss this on the last episode that we were going to talk about a horror movie? Because we talked uh, about uh, Saw X and... Oh, yes. That's right. Um, That's right. And yes, you were going to the theater to watch a horror movie. Yes, and, and I watched... left me in suspense. I watched the highest grossing horror movie in America. Oh, Jesus. Uh... Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, Five Nights the at pe- Freddy's. <laughs> the Peacock original. <laughs> so we um, actually just went out to dinner last night, and then I was I okay. just threw out the idea. Oh, let's go see a movie, and then I, and then we were looking at show times that would have been right as we were ending dinner, and there was Five Nights at Freddy's and the Scorsese movie. Whoa. And Have and I, and I did yeah, not yeah. know how long it was. So first we were like, "Oh, let's go see that." And then on the way yeah. there, I looked it up as three and a half hours, and we're like, it "Okay, sure so I guess is. we're seeing Five Nights at Freddy's." <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. We're gonna dive into your. Well, do you want to do Five Nights at Freddy's or Killers of the Flower Moon first? Because I got I got thoughts, and I haven't seen Five Nights at Freddy's. We did not get it because we had the Virginia Film Festival this past weekend, and we're not going to get it this weekend because. Uh, you know, it's already on Peacock, and I don't think Weekend 2 is going to draw a crowd. No, and also I feel like the audience for that is going to not fancy theaters. Yeah, They're going sure. to I, really... They're, all, they're going to Peacock, really. Yeah. Like, that's the place. <laughs> um, so you did not watch Exorcist Believer after I spoke no. so fondly of it. Okay. Well, I, it it didn't cool happen to be playing around 620 last night, ah, and that was really the only time I went to the theater, so... Okay, Tough well, why break. don't you do? Why don't you do your your Five Nights at Freddy's rant? Uh, so it wasn't good, but it was okay. kind of intriguing for the first half. I was kind of on board, like in the sense that you know, it's like you're watching a kids horror movie, so it's not Have like you I'm, ever played the game. Uh, I played the very first version of the game. I think back in college at some point. Yeah, that's when it came out. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I've never played it, yeah. and uh, I heard my uh, younger staff who went to other theaters or watched it on Peacock, they were like, if you've never played the game, they shove a lot of lore into the first five minutes that upsets people who have never played it. Yeah, well, so the the way the game plays is you yeah. are sitting in an office, there yeah. are security camera screens... And you okay. have to juggle watching the screens, and while you're watching the screens, I believe the monster or the the mechanical people can't move. Okay. But then, like the power will go out or something, so you'll have to flip sure. the switch, turn the screens back on, and they might have shifted positions at that point. And then you can slowly okay. like monitor them as they go from room to room and get closer to you, while also sabotaging stuff. Is there is there a time limit? How do you win? I think it's waiting till morning. Like if you get to like you know it's. Like, a, yeah. I don't know, 10 minutes or something. So you survive. have to survive yeah. 10 minutes or whatever. Um, and then it does a jump scare if you lose. So I remember sure. it being, you know, pretty scary for what it was. But, I mean, it's also kind of easy scares, just jump scares. Um, but this movie, weirdly, had him sleep, like, every time he was at work. So you never... <laughs> like, yes, he was sitting in front of these, you know, monitors... But there was never really a sequence where he was doing what you do in the game. And that's bizarre because that would have made a good horror sequence where yeah. he's just trying to keep track of them as they as they move from thing to thing. Uh, oh, for sure. And, and there are moments that are kind of like that in the in the movie. But still, like you think you would just get one clean sequence of uh, 
Josh Hutchinson doing a simulation of what the game is. Just because that's yeah. a, a time where actual video game mechanics would have translated to film pretty well. Yeah, it's so strange that the video game movie uh, is very hard to pull off. Yeah. And it seems like it really lends itself most of the time. But I was like, the first half was weird, but I was kind of on board for it. Um because of just like the absurdity of making a Five Nights at Freddy's movies at all. Like I liked yeah. the way they were kind of leaning into it. And then the main character's daughter befriends all of the monsters. Okay. Who are actually I, can I just spoil some stuff? Do you care? I don't care. Okay. Our fans might. So if you're a fan, fast forward to when we talk about Loki fifty minutes from now. Though I think this is actual Five Nights at Freddy's lore, so... Oh, okay. Um, the monsters were killed, were children that were killed by a serial killer, and he hid okay. their bodies... I, I have heard that. He hid their bodies in the, in the mechanical yeah. things. So that's how she befriends them, is she befriends like the kid ghosts that live inside them. But at this point, it okay. seems like, okay, so now the, the bad guys aren't bad anymore. So like, what's this movie going to be? Like, there's a yeah. shot, a very funny shot, of them all lying on their back, looking up at the ceiling. Like, you know, like... Um, you know, a kid's movie where they're at a camp or something and they're looking up at the stars. Like, you know that? Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. this is a shot that I've seen in a bunch of stuff where everyone's just laying sure. there and, they, and they're, you know, talking about stuff uh, wistfully. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll believe that. <laughs> so that's happening except for half the people are these giant animatronic mech people. Sure. And they can't really but even they're talk. they're really children. So they're blinking yeah. slowly with their big metal eyes. Um, <laughs> and so, that was funny to you. Well, it, it well just as a bizarre shot, that's pretty funny. But then I was like, okay, but now what's the movie going to be? Because they were the bad guys. We're halfway through. What's going to happen? So then, yeah, some other stuff happens and twists, and they become bad again, basically. But it was just bizarre because like, part of the scary thing about the video game again is that while you're playing it, the monsters that are coming to get you are cloaked in shadow. You know, the classic Jaws, you can't really see the, the monster. But then yeah. in the middle of the movie, they're just like, here, let's turn all the lights on so you can see the monster in great detail and demystify it completely. <laughs> and make it so the opposite of Cloverfield. Have you seen um, the horror movie The Ritual? Yes, me and uh, Nick and Taylor, our mutual friends, all watched that two weeks ago for the first time. Ah. Well, so that one I really like up till, again, when you see the... I mean, I like the monster reveal. They didn't like it. Well, Nick didn't like. it. I think just once part. you see the monster, it takes so much power away from it. I didn't like well, mind the reveal. You, you gotta see it. Yeah. Like, what you you want to go without seeing it? Because then you get lost and it's a smoke monster. I mean, I haven't seen this movie in years. So I don't. I, I was back in Charlottesville when I watched it. Sure. So I don't remember exactly, but I just remember thinking that the last third I liked the least. It was fascinating. Because we watched, we just had a couple horror movie nights, and we watched that first, where it's a Netflix movie, and 90% of Netflix movies, the production value is insanely good, and the movie itself is pretty mid mm -hmm. to bad. Um, this was on the higher end of mid. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Hell House LLC. Have you seen it? No, not even heard of it. Oh boy, was that a horror... It was wonderful. It was a horror masterpiece. It's a found footage type thing. Okay. Very, very low budget. And now Shudder has picked it up, the horror movie streaming app. From um, 2015? 
2015, and they have done two sequels uh, that I've not seen. They're apparently not as good. Two is okay, three is bad, and they just released a fourth one yesterday um, that I'm going to watch. Today is my first day off in six days, and I've had like 10-hour day stretches for the most part. Uh, so I'm going to start drinking beer promptly at five and watch three of these Hell House movies. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a good time. Yes. Uh, proper way to spend a Halloween. Um, and so anyway, very low budget. And it was so weird, just the comparison between the two. Like the ritual, the sound design. And I have a pretty sick surround sound system in my house, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> Jordan tried to watch Avatar on it when he visited. Yeah. Pretty sick. Um, but this is like a low, low budget. Like we could have made this movie back in your, your filmmaking days before you came, uh, became a uh, lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it is, uh, basically the premise of the movie is, uh, these mid twenties, late twenties people open up a haunted house in a, in an abandoned hotel. And they find out as closer to the haunted house opening that the, uh, hotel is, you know, like uh, haunted, like possessed yeah. by demons or whatever. Classic. And yeah, you know, uh, like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and you, yeah, just there's slower and slower reveals and the jump scares are very subtle, but it's one of the greatest found footage, like f- scary movies that I've ever seen. Have you seen Lake Mungo? No. I've watched that recently. That's kind of a similar... I think that's less popular because the ending is very divisive. It's a really slow burn with some really well-executed like horror sequences, all on a found footage system, so it's really impressive and frightening. Uh, but then the ending is kind of... like The last five minutes loses a lot of people, and I thought it was fine. I didn't think the ending was as good as the rest of the movie, but it certainly didn't ruin it for me. Um, Hell House LLC. Highly recommend it, though. You should check that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't know if I'll be able to get Ellie to watch it. I think I'm going to try to it get is, her to watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I feel like that's maybe her speed. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, not scary. No. <laughs> if not scary is her speed. Was she Pretty scared much. of Five Nights at Freddy's? No. It, it is not no. a scary movie. <laughs> I mean, their audience is PG-13. I mean, it's PG-13, but I feel like their audience is yeah. actually mostly younger than that. I feel like it's like 10 to 15 is maybe the ideal demographic for this movie. Okay. Uh well, I mean, they, they got money. They will spend it at the box office. That's probably why it's the highest grossing horror film this month. Yeah, pretty uh, crazy. Which is upsetting. Well, I guess in a month where Taylor Swift is kind of dominating the box office. Thing. Yeah, have you seen that? I was so close. I was just like completely tired after a long day of work. And I was like, I'm going to pour myself a tall beer and just watch this. Because I will walk in and see like frames or like segments of songs and it is just absolutely hypnotic yeah i want to see i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna get the experience where i watch it with a whole audience because that's not gonna line up with my schedule because it's three hours and yeah Yeah. so I, i will need to watch it after work and really the only thing that deterred me from watching it was i worked a long day and i was like i have to commit to three hours i don't know and the cool thing is it's eras so Parts of her career I'm not a fan of, like Reputation, mm-hmm. uh, or I don't really care for the new album either. Those would be the two eras I skip. And then it's like a 90-minute concert, which is great. Yeah, I tried to watch, or I tried to listen, rather, to Folklore, 
Just because there's oh, so yeah. much hubbub around Taylor right now. Folklore rules. Did you? I like did not. I couldn't really get oh, into it. Oh, boo. Th- it's her rubber soul. There were there were parts of it that I was like, okay, this is starting to be something. But that felt like every two songs, I was like, okay, there's something interesting happening. And that was not a very good hit rate. I've also been listening to oh, a lot man. of Bruce Springsteen because of uh, Scott Ackerman and oh yes, uh, the Scott. You springing Springsteen on my bean. What's the other guy's name? The more famous Adam one, Adam Scott. Adam Scott yeah. Ackerman. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've made it a couple episodes in. I've been um, the Blank Check podcast is doing David Fincher right now, and each episode's like three hours, so that has been time consuming. Yeah, on my podcast listen. Plus, I'm, like, super behind on Comedy Bang Bang, so I've been catching up on that. But that is always a great time. But, yeah, since I've been um, listening to a lot of Bruce Springsteen, I've been getting a lot of very songwriter story content in my musical listening. Uh, and he, uh, i got to say, he does it a little better than Taylor, in my opinion. Uh, what's your favorite Springsteen album? Uh, so far, it's probably still Born to Run. Yeah, you would yeah. sell out. <laughs> I mean, I also uh, really liked his first album. His first album is the one I listened to the most before starting this podcast. That is, yeah. I Like, they didn't like Mary Queen of Arkansas, but I actually kind of love yeah. Mary Queen of Arkansas. <laughs> their, their takes on the songs are always fascinating. Did you yeah. listen to their most, right before they did Springsteen, they did another Chili Peppers? Like, they did the new Chili Peppers album? I just album? couldn't care about the Chili Peppers. Like, that... I, like even with them talking about it, I just can't. But you know, like they they started doing the Chili Peppers and then did Talking Heads, and then half like episode two of Chili Peppers, they're like, I don't like this at all. Let's just do Talking yeah, Heads. Yeah, yeah. I listened to all the and Talking they, Heads episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you talking Talking Heads to my Talking Head? Is a great title yeah. for a podcast. And we talked last week about Stop Making Sense, right? We did. Great, great movie. Okay, just Holds making up. sure we didn't need to touch again on how great that was. <laughs> oh, no. Phenomenal. Phenomenal film. Um, really, really good. I love Folklore. You're in the wrong camp about that one. Um, Bruce Springsteen, pretty good. I will say the second album, is it the Good, the Bad, and the E Street Shuffle? What is that? Yes, I think that's the second one. Okay. Um me and our college friends, Joey, Nick, and James, went to go see Bruce, Bruce Springsteen in 2014. And Joey is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And it's uh, in Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. So it's like, you know, a good four hours away. And we get uh, in the car and we are listening to that. He gets the whole discography, all the CDs. He owns them, puts them in the car, puts that one in first. And it gets stuck in the CD player. So we listen to that the entire way there and back. That is the only album we listen to. Yeah, so y'all skipped I, the actual first? I, yeah, I, maybe he didn't own the first. I don't yeah. know why. Whatever. The one with 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I just yeah. remember hearing Tenth that song Avenue. over yeah. and over again. <laughs> More than any person has ever listened to 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest album in the first five which is as far as we've gotten so far in the podcast so that's the only reason the sophomore slump well because he's got i don't know some 90s albums and both those albums came out in 1973 so how i mean of course the second one's going to suffer a little bit yes in comparison yeah naturally even though he should have just done a double album debuted with a double yeah which he, he would do on the river which i did not like nearly as much there's some really great songs on the river but uh, 
I don't like I don't, a hungry heart. And some of it feels... A, a lot, lot of people do. I know. They really do. And it doesn't sound like him at all to me. No. It's kind of a sellout hit. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a fan, you know, because I prefer Bon Jovi, if we're being honest. Uh, now, there's a guy with a career. Oh, wait. We got to turn to what this podcast is really about for a second. <laughs> okay. Are you... Bruce Springsteen? Close. Are you excited okay. about the Beatles' last song? Oh, coming yes, out. Obviously. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't touched on this. Um, you've known this is a thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's... So I thought originally the song was supposed to come out in November. It's just one song. Like, how long does it take? I know, yeah. like, AI is doing some serious heavy lifting to com- computerize this. Well, thing, it's just to make it... Basically to denoise it, from what I've read. Yes. Yes. No, 100%. Yeah, it's not generating uh, but, anything. It's just... No. Getting no, rid it of is separating artifacts. John recorded like piano or guitar with his voice all in the same feed, mm-hmm. and AI is separating the two. Yes, which as before now has been impossible. I'm surprised uh, then, they're not also doing a re-release of "Free as a Bird" and "Real Love" using that same technology. Just do a Real remaster love. of those at the same time you're doing these. Real Love is one of my top ten favorite Beatles songs. Wow, and nobody has heard it. Oh, I fucking love it. It is. Phenomenal. Of the two, I like "Freeze a Bird" better. That is so you—the <laughs> duality is of the you podcast. All over. Oh my god, you would. <laughs> that just doesn't. I. Oh god. That is kind of there. For, yeah, I mean, I like "Freeze a Bird." How they each take a verse, like that's cool, and I think they re- recorded one when John was dead or whatever. Like John had already recorded his verse. And then Paul added to it just so they all sang or something. Um, and this similarly, uh, they got Ringo and Paul to record their parts like recently. Yeah. Well, and George Harrison cool. had worked on it back when they were doing the anthology yeah. before they got rid of the idea of doing it because it was just unsalvageable at the time. Yeah. Which, okay. So, and we haven't heard any part of this song. And I don't, it could be like 90 second song. Like, what do, what do we think? It's well, actually, be? you can like, the demo is online. You can. Oh, really? But, I mean, it's the quality isn't very good. It's yeah, yeah. So okay. But you can so, hear the bones of what the song is, and I think it's pretty yeah. solid. Um, I, I I'm going to listen to it after this because I did hear it when I listened to the anthology years ago. But it's yeah, I haven't thought to go back to that. Mm-hmm. But it um, should. Re- I think it's releasing on the fourth. Oh, of November that soon? Yes. And, uh, I thought it was going to be a while. And the cover was released. If you want yes, to Google which is that, a cassette tape. No, no, it's like it? um, it's like a, it's almost just like a word graphic. Uh, I had a cassette tape pop up. Uh, let's um, see. Oh, now I see it. Yeah, okay. With like word graphic. Yeah. Yeah, like they're diagonal. Yes. The words are Which I feel like is supposed to be an homage to that picture where you're looking up at them um, and they're hanging Uh, over the balcony. Because those those two albums are being remastered and they're adding new tracks to them. Yeah, I feel like the slant of the thing is is reminiscent of those floors. Um, And there's also the back art to Now and Then was also released, which looks actually more like a cover. It's not coming up on mine. Let me see. Is it the four of them? No, it's like this weird clock thing. Weird clock thing. 
Hmm. Hopefully, everyone um, else has seen this. So this is they, they're imagining it in no, their they, heads while we discuss yeah. it. <laughs> uh, back of album. They can Google along. They have phones. I saw it on Reddit. I'm not seeing it on. Yeah, Google. I don't think that exists. I think you made it up. Perhaps does not exist. Um, yeah, real love, really good song. Uh, I don't think this will be quite as good as that, but I am excited for. Do you think this will really be the last Beatles song ever? That's what they said in the '60s. Then they said it again in the '90s. I hope so. I'm, I, and I think if they're proud enough of it and it's well enough received, it will be. Yeah. I think if people are lukewarm on it, they might try to to go back to the piggy (laughs) bank and be like, is there anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Scrape the bottom of that bank. Yeah. It is because they have already, they have milked it dry. It is, there's nothing left. Uh, A lot of good songs in their, their discography. Gotta say. Hot take, Beatles, a good band. We've done it again. We've done it again. Um, okay, so we were talking about horror movies. Bruce Springsteen. Um, that covers our music part. Uh, I guess I can talk about Killers of the Flower Moon now? Yes. Here's my review. Way too goddamn long. Three and a half hours is too long for a non-Avengers movie. And my overall review of the movie after I watched it. Also, I did this to myself a little bit. Um we got the unlock we get we get to watch these movies at midnight the like 2 days before they come out and i had work for the next 5 days and i didn't want people to watch it and spoil it um, cuz i was not going to have a chance to watch it for 5 days or whatever and i hate being out of the discussion i always want to be you know part of the uh the rhetoric around the film so i foolishly started this movie at midnight um and then also on top of that uh, the movie was so big that it didn't download, so I had to wait till 12.30 to start it. Um, so I start this three-and-a-half-hour movie at 12.30, and I pour myself a very tall beer. Uh, the first hour, I'm like, okay, this is a lot of setup for a three-and-a-half-hour movie, but fine. Uh, none of the other characters that are advertised, um, which is Brendan Fraser, Jesse Plemons... Nobody shows up until two and a half hours into the movie. That's crazy. Other than the main three. It is insane. And the two and a half hours, I'm just... The problem is, no one is... Scorsese needs someone to check him. Yeah. Like, he's he's gotten full of himself. And I felt kind of the same way about The Irishman. Like, shave an hour off this. Like, you're going to get the same quality of movie if you make it shorter. Like, I don't think... Yeah. All of the deleted scenes or whatever are you releasing them all at the same time are helping you. Yeah, I, You're really just making me bored with your movie. In general, I think it's very hard to justify a three-hour movie, much less a three-plus-hour sure. movie. Like, I just, I think two hours is such a great length to tell a story, but it feels like it just keeps expanding and expanding. No one's satisfied with two hours. Uh. The poster for this movie, which I'm sure you've seen, is dog shit. It looks so bad. Um, it looks like a 90s VHS, like, Hollywood video rental yeah. cover. Uh, and, yeah, the movie, honestly, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Everyone's going in and saying, oh, he's done it again. His masterpiece. 
Like, this guy made The Departed, he made Taxi Driver, he made uh, Wolf of Wall Street, like, and you know what? All of those movies, shorter than three and a half hours, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I just don't have the patience. Like, just make it two parts or something. I don't know. Like, it, make it two movies. Yeah. We should, we gotta get friend of the show, Patrick Fitzsimmons, back on here. Was he a big um, fan? He just loves Scorsese, and every time we shit on him, he he calls in. <laughs> or not calls into the podcast. We did call him that one time when The Irishman came out or whatever. Or no, when Scorsese said those mean things about Marvel. Yes. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to make a three-and-a-half-hour movie that doesn't have a single Hulk in it. Very upsetting. I This this movie's just too long. Uh, it's It's not a bad film, I think... If you took 90 minutes off of this movie and added it to Endgame, you would have two five-star movies. <laughs> I, no, no movies need to be longer. Movies only need to be shorter. <laughs> this is an ad well, for what about... all of us with ADD. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I will never... There's, I just can't envision a scenario where I watch this again unless it is over the course of, you know a year in parts yeah in 10 minute segments um so yeah all that to say uh marvel sucks does not give it the seal of approval don't see it um did you watch the fall of the house of usher the netflix show no i have not i've i've oh. heard about it i've seen it popping uh, up it, it's quite good uh did, have you watched any of the mike flanagan shows no, I mean, is it based on the Edgar Allan Poe short story? Yes, it is, okay. and it's very fascinating. If you're a fan of Edgar Allan Poe, um, it is a a Poe fan's dream series where the premise of Usher is, uh, I believe, I don't know how much, I'm unfamiliar with the, that short story of his. I read it in high school, show, but I haven't, you know, yeah, I'm not that familiar. I assume, because it's a, isn't it about, a man who's losing his family like one by one, like all of his heirs are dying. My memory of it is it's this old decrepit house full of this kind of okay. weird inbred family. And yes, they are yeah. kind of dying off. And then I think the book ends with a house like collapsing in on itself. So it's like yes. the house of Usher, but like the name of Usher, like everything is, is being reclaimed by the earth kind of. Okay. Um, so the premise of this show is huge CEO of a pharmaceutical company that is responsible for releasing a lot of drugs that have become, you know, like the opioid epidemic type thing, like painkillers that turn to heroin addiction, that kind of thing. Okay. And this guy, you know, just kind of an evil man, has six heirs, and they are all dying off in each episode. So episode one sets up the, the series, and then each of the subsequent episodes a kid dies to the tune of a different Edgar Allan Poe short story. Mm. So there's like gotcha. the Raven is one of them. The pit and the pendulum is one. Uh, it's, it's really, really well orchestrated storytelling. Gotcha. So, so it's, it's a modernized and then modernized, uh, serialized anthology yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Serialized anthology kind of Interesting. like, cause each story is its own unique Edgar Allan Poe tale, but it does weave into the main narrative. Gotcha. Um, it's really, really well done storytelling. And I think if anyone is an Edgar Allan Poe fan, that is their shit. Yeah. Also, it's 
broken up into eight episodes. So Scorsese, maybe do that for your next project instead of making me yeah, sit just make, until 4 a.m. Make a prestige miniseries. Oh, God. That movie was so long. Just two and a half. Just, oh, I'm, I, I can't, I can't. I'm not wasting another second on <laughs> this man. <laughs> on this, this man who doesn't like Ant-Man Quantumania. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, Fall of the House of Usher, good. Uh, I rewatched Spider-Man No Way Home, very, very good. Have you been playing Spider-Man oh, 2 on PS5? I sure have. What a game. Yeah. Have you gotten it? I have not. I played Miles oh, Morales because that was free on their you know subscription service. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I really enjoyed that for like as long as I played it. But then I fell off with the story, but... It's just fun to swing around, and I like Miles' powers better than Peter's. Yeah, no, he he. On Spider Man Two cool. though, because uh, Spider Man Two you get to play as both of right. them, and I do like Peter has the uh, the metal spider arms out of his back in this one, which is a really cool mechanic mm. to add to the game. Yeah, I've heard movement is very fast, which it already was, just in the one yeah. that I played. And now they have like the the web gliders, you know, that he yeah. uses in Homecoming. Um, so you can kind of fly around the city, which is cool, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm playing Spider-Man, I want to swing around. Right. Like, this defeats the purpose of being Spider-Man. Yeah. And I know it's gliding, so it's not technically, you know, you can't do it forever. Like Superman can. Um, but yeah, really, really good game. Um, highly recommend. And the story has apparently, like, I haven't gotten there yet, I've only played like two hours into the story, but... Everyone says it's like the Empire Strikes Back of the franchise. People are comparing it to like Civil War, like movie wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying like the next one's going to be huge, kind of. Um, so it sounds like there's going to be a big cliffhanger of some kind. I, I don't know, but um, I'm, I'm waiting to get there. I'm excited. Yeah, I think might play a little today. Before I get before I buy that, I'd have to finish Miles Morales. Which I think I'm yeah. pretty far through, like more than halfway. So we'll see. Did you play 2018? No. Oh well, so you're already just lost on the lore. Well, I mean, there's not too much. Like the only thing you have he to know—he gets bit by a spider. <laughs> the only thing you have to know is that he's kind of been <laughs> trained by Pete thus far, and there's a pre-existing. Well, Ma- for Miles, you know Miles' story, yes. but you don't know. No, I have Peter's no idea what's story. going on in Peter's story. So yes, I would well, be lost for two for that one. Yeah, I mean that's a you know that you know, I think was on the there's the service and then taken off or something. I don't know. I imagine they replaced it with Miles Morales. Yeah. just you know because that's the more the more modern one, the more updated version. Which is a shame because I'm so cheap. <laughs> I don't want to buy the remaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it's probably like ten dollars used. It wouldn't be a you know the end of the world. Oof, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> think you can swing it, lawyer man. I don't know about that. Um, uh, should we? Uh, Is it Loki time? Loki? I think it might be. I mean, we're only we did just do an episode recently. We are thirty-five minutes into yeah, the episode. Yeah, I, I, this this should be a quicker one because it's a middle episode. I'd say. Yes, I would think so. Um, so should we start with episode three? Episode three, eighteen ninety-three, entitled eighteen ninety-three. Um, so when you watched this last night, yep. So this is all fresh, um, pretty fresh. I 
Okay, so in other in similar news, related news, uh, Jonathan Major's court date, uh, they were going to, on the 25th of this month, they were trying to push it to uh, mistrial or whatever, just get it off the docket of the court case, and the judge denied that, and they are taking it to court, mm. which the trial will start um, at the end of November, uh, which... I mean, I. It's very upsetting to see how good he is in this, yeah. and to know that it could be taken from us. Yeah. I mean, if he did the crime, that's very upsetting. I hope uh, whoever was abused or whatever gets uh, compensation and justice is served. But if he didn't do it, and it's fucking with my Marvel, uh, I'm pretty upset about it. Yeah, it's he's Gotta an interesting say. character. So this, we're basically seeing him. Uh, pre all of his exploits that make him the the you know time god that he is and he's yes, kind of this the oldest version of unas- him. not unassuming but like kind of low-key he's stuttering which honestly i was starting to get yes. almost a little frustrated with he stutters like every single line and i get what they're doing with the character for that but at some point i'm like we got to get through here no i am I every stutter. I'm like, what is he trying to say? The suspense. <laughs> well, the problem uh, might also be that I had captions on, so that's frustrating because you, you, I'm, oh, I've already read the line. Why would you do that? Why? Why? I think they were why just on you by that? default. I don't know. Turn them off. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my Disney Plus. I'll do it for you. I'll go to the settings and turn <laughs> off subtitles on all pages. But yeah. Anyway, that's... I thought he was he was a uh, very good, very interesting presence. I like the setting. That was very cool to put it back yeah, there yeah. in 1890 1890 Chicago. Because it's, you know, a time travel show. Yeah. Like, it, that's what the, the premise is. Like, I think that's... And I think the set design, whereas something like in season one where they go to Pompeii to see the volcano exploding and you can tell it's clearly a green screen with a volcano yeah. on it. Like this, they actually traveled to 1890 <laughs> Chicago to film it, Well, and, which is very impressive. And in the intro, before even we get to 1893, we start in 1868. Eight, 25 years earlier or yeah yes. and he's given the yep. tva guidebook in a very yes. paradoxical because he made the Which tva first the chicken or the yeah, egg exactly. yeah um, but that's where yes. he learns enough to become to create this loom uh yeah but ouroboros learned it from him so again interesting time paradox yeah. but i think leaning into that you like you don't have to explain that like that's just we're, it's a time travel show yeah, that's, I mean, Harry Potter episode, or part three did it, yeah. and no one bitched about that. Same shit. Um, yeah. I, yeah, his performance, I, I'm just shocked at how good he is. Like, and we haven't even seen him be a villain yet. I mean, we saw him in Quantumania, but he was, that was, you know, the most stubborn, amateurish of his variants, I believe. Yeah. If he lost to Ant-Man. I think they're just kind of setting the table to... Oh, you have to fight one of them. You can beat one of them. But how would you fare against one million of them? Yeah, or the best one. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I just remembered um, there's rumored fantastic forecasting. Do you want to hear it or should we wait, save that to the end? I just don't want to forget about it. Nah, hit it now. Who cares? Okay. All right. Um, so 
my Marvel source that I follow for a lot of leaks that are correct 90% of the time. They don't do major plot spoilers. It's just like premises when they're announcing stuff. They have cast the team, but they're waiting till the actor strike ends to announce mm-hmm. it. Um, so I think, I don't know how, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. There's one that I'm like, kind of, that's fascinating if they actually do that. Uh, don't know if they're going to do it. Um, but the premise of the movie is the Fantastic Four... Uh, takes place in a different universe. So we're not Earth-616 with the rest of our Marvel friends. They are doing stuff in 1960s whatever other universe. So pre-superhero you know, superhero explosion, assuming that happens at a similar time in the other universes. Uh, Galactus is the villain, rumored to be played by Antonio Banderas. Um, and... Galactus, the movie will end with Galactus destroying their universe. Okay. Uh, and then they they will end up in Earth 616. And they will have mastered multiverse travel, and then they will have to deal with Kang the Conqueror. Gotcha. But that way you don't have um, to explain, well, where were you guys during correct. everything else that happened? Yes. A hundred percent. And they also, I think, like, Reed Richards is one of, like, Kang's arch net like they they go back in the comics like they are they are feuding um all right here's the cast list we have uh the guy from the bear um ebon moss bachrock okay yeah uh, have you watched the bear i have not you but know? i know that actor the bear is very good um he's also micro in the punisher which you watched an episode of <laughs> um so wait, which one's uh, he we have he is the thing okay Ben Grimm, the thing. Uh, and then we have Vanessa Kirby as Invisible Woman. Hmm. Do not know that name. Uh, she is in... I mean, she looks the part. Uh, she's in Mission Impossible. She's in Hobbs and Shaw, apparently. She's in the new Napoleon movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I think she'll pull it off. I think she's a good casting decision. I'm excited about that Napoleon movie, by the way. Ugh, Ridley Scott. Same with Scorsese. I'm just like, come on, man, you old fossil. Stop making movies. Yeah. Um, just seems like a cool I period just, to make a, an epic about. I love Joaquin. I'm going to watch this thing, but it's also, you know how long it is? I, yeah, it's going to be too long, for sure. <laughs> yeah, how long I, is it? I think, it's over, I think it's over three hours. And he wants to release a four-hour cut. God damn it. <laughs> release just do it uh, two it's not gonna be two there's no maybe way maybe I'll Napoleon just make it two I have, I have Regal Unlimited Pass I'll just go watch two hours walk out go back and walk, watch <laughs> the next two hours later I'd that, have to time uh, it I don't know if they'll sell me a ticket two hours into the movie okay he is it, uh, the studio actually um, shaved it down to two hours forty minutes breezy <laughs> Yeah, super short. Um, hey, it's about 50 minutes than that Scorsese movie that y'all never All right, we're on a tangent of a tangent. I know, I know, <laughs> okay, I know. Who are the I'm last two so... cast members? All right, okay. Um, shit. Uh, Human Torch is uh, Joseph Quinn. Yes, Joseph Quinn, um, who is Eddie from Stranger Things. Okay, cool. Human Torch. Uh, think that's, that's good yeah, casting. That think, feels... think he would do a he good job. He seems like he could be a hothead. Um, oh, for sure. And he's also like the appropriate amount of goofy, I mm. think. 
Um, here's the one that is fascinating, and I'm curious how they pull it off. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal as Reed Richards. Oh. Who has been Mysterio yeah. before. But he's Mysterio in the other universe. So you can have him in this universe be Reed Richards. Weird. Yeah, very weird. I think that's good casting uh, as a Reed Richards type. And it again, feels you know, kind of is, old I, compared to the rest I, of the cast, but... I think you need... Because none of these actors have, like... Uh, I don't know, put their name on a poster and you sell out the movie kind yeah, of Yeah, even deal, though they're like all Jake recognizable. Yeah, no, they're all they're all for sure recognizable. Because originally they wanted Adam Driver and Margot Robbie and they wouldn't do it. Um, they wanted a crazy amount of money. I wouldn't want Margot Robbie. Uh, I'd love to see... Uh, Adam Driver yes, would be great. That would be, that would but be. he's he's great in everything. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> um, and Margot Robbie would be fine. Uh, I am. I, I think, think I'm a little burnt out on her. Like Barbie, absolutely, she had to be in it. Yeah. That's perfect for her. Otherwise, yeah. I'm kind of I'm good on Margot Robbie for a little bit. You don't want to watch her uh, cameos in all of the DC Extended Universe movies that are no longer canon? No, I honestly, and I think I've said this before, I don't even like her that much as Harley Quinn. Blasphemy. Yeah. She's like one of the only redeemable parts of that universe. I, I feel like she just needs, she's not uh, trashy scary enough. What a fascinating! I think she plays trashy, scary well. I know the person. Yeah, I just, I just like it feels too put on to me. Like I don't like. I feel like Harley Quinn should really feel kind of unhinged. Like just being in her presence, you're like, ugh. Well, that is the problem with all of the directors of that universe. They did not, you know, they didn't want to go for. They wanted to go for fake unhinged. Yes. They wanted to go for like dude bro college boy. Unhinged. Yeah, but they also still wanted her to be attractive. Because she's Marco yes. Robbie. Well, because that's what dude, boy, dude bro college boys yeah. want. They want hot women who are also unhinged, but only when convenient for yes. them. If they're actually unhinged, they're crazy. So yeah, that, that's that's my problem with Marco Robbie. But all right, what do you think about this Fantastic Four news? I think it's a solid cast. I think it'll be interesting how they do the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff. That is a I mean, he's in, he's in another universe, so I I think. It's I fun. also think it's interesting him as a hero, because I he just gives. Yeah, a, I mean, obviously he was a villain already in Marvel, but he just also has yeah. a kind of he's in like of course Nightcrawler. He's got a kind of weirdness to him, kind of the same came same way Joaquin Phoenix does. That it's like if you heard that Joaquin Phoenix was going to be a hero in something, you'd be like odd. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how strange. I feel about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, no, I th- I think he's. I mean, because Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to be Doctor Strange originally, and then he didn't want to commit to six movies. Yeah, that would have been bizarre. I would fucking love to see it, though. I would just love to watch that I bet he's glad he didn't, though. Oh, for sure. His career's been huge. And also, it's just, I think, playing to his strength so much better. Well, also, I mean, Cumberbatch is also... Who's gotten more Academy Awards since 2016? I bet it's... Cumberbatch, right? Because oh. he's in Power of the Dog. I haven't seen that. Uh, he's in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness that swept the Oscars and won every single award for his movie to <laughs> yeah, ever do is that. that right? <laughs> um, Power of the Dog, He, I think he won something. He must have. He got nominated. Uh, but Joaquin won for Joker, which is weird, to turn down a superhero movie and then get another one where you win an award. 
that just never happened. But that one, I again, like I think it's more in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad we're in the timeline we are. Yeah. Imagine if you just switched um, those two actors. Benedict Cumberbatch Joker would be bad. Yeah, that would be really. Bad. I feel like it'd be like uh, I, what's his name? Who's Willy Wonka? Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Are you not excited for Wonka and he's dealing with the chocolate cartels? Uh, I mean, no. Honestly, I, I let let the record show. I think that movie looks like dog shit. I think it looks. I don't know. I understand why everyone was shitting on it, but like it's so, like it looks like um. What was that? Was it Hugo? That like movie yeah, when the, Asa the Butterfield Scorsese was a kid? Movie? Yeah, it looks like that yeah. to me. Which I could... Which I also didn't like. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fantastical reality. Very shiny. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah. It was boring and they were like stressing like, we have a 3D. Scorsese did this all in 3D. I'm like, so what? I didn't watch it in 3D. Multiverse of so. Madness is in 3D. Well, yeah, I don't care. I Scorsese... Come on the podcast. Defend yourself, you old fossil. <laughs> um, Patrick Fitzsimmons is listening to this, and he's just shaking his fist at the clouds in rage. <laughs> all right. Now we got to go um, back to Loki, right? Or- all right. All right. We should. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm excited for Fantastic Four. I think that movie's going to be really good. Um, I will also just end this tangent on the Christmas blockbuster season looks bad. Uh, because we have Wonka, we have The Color Purple, the musical, which, uh, I mean, maybe that'll get Oscar, but I have no idea. I, why make that a musical? And I know they made it a musical in, in Broadway or whatever, but it's I, we got a Steven Spielberg movie. It's very good. I don't need another Color Purple. <laughs> like, I don't think that's the thing you remake. Yeah. Um, and then we have Aquaman 2, which is seemingly more and more like a straight-to-DVD comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, Christmas this year is canceled. <laughs> uh, um, all right, now we can talk about Loki season two. Uh, Jonathan Majors really, really fucking good in this. Yeah. So the first thing we see after the flashback sequence is, well, actually, I'm I'm skipping ahead. But the first time we really deal with timely is him giving this presentation on his temporal loom, and he's standing in front of the crowd. Skipping ahead. You're skipping from Loki and Mobius seeing the uh, structured Asgardian uh, gods, like they're they're carved into wood yeah, or whatever yeah. outside that one building. And I always love, there's a fun, you know, it's just the reference to, you remember like, oh, this character's been here since, you know, he was Asgardian at one mm-hmm. point. And they like hung out with all those people for an entire trilogy. Yep. Kind of crazy to think about. Um, also rumored that Thor will show up in the last two episodes. Hmm. Which could be pretty fun. Um, and which Thor? Dive... Our Thor. Our Thor? Because this yeah, Loki is Hemsworth. not... I mean, that Loki died. Yeah, so... Well, it's Chris Hemsworth. I'm not I'm not talking about, like, Frog Thor or a variant. Right, Thor. right. But we would still... You'd still have Thor in 20... What I think they should do. So the showrunner has come out and said the last two episodes are the best of the series. Um, we're jumping ahead a bit. We will get to it, but this ends with seemingly everyone dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of like the end of episode four of season one is Loki gets pruned, and you're like, oh wait, the show's over. Like that means death. And then they're like, no, no, no. There's a whole world you go when you get pruned, and it's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, so I think episode five is going to be him going through various timelines where he's just kind of scattered and he'll see Mobius selling jet skis in his timeline or whatever. He'll go to 10815, um, all the, all the other. You think people. it's going to be getting um, the gang he, back together, but through their timeline? I, I, yeah. Correct. I do think that, and I think Loki will struggle with like they're also happy here, but I need them to defeat this ultimate evil that's coming to destroy them. Gotcha. Um, and then I think here's what I would do. I don't know if this is how they're going to pull it off, but when are we going to get a because? Ch- you end or with Infinity War, Loki dies, and Thor says, the sun will set again. Or no, Loki says it right before he dies. The sun will set on us again one day. So you get Loki in episode five going around, talking to all the timeline people. He's like, damn, should I should I just settle into this timeline like everyone else is happy? And then he'll run into Thor. Thor's excited to see him because he's upset that he died. And I think we would get our timeline Thor who misses Loki. I think they would for simplicity and just for narrative yes. resonance. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And because you're the fans are waiting for that. And in Love and Thunder, uh, he has a Loki tattoo on his back, if you noticed. <laughs> um, so he misses his brother. So you get Loki into that timeline and he'll just say, I'm from another world or whatever. And Thor will be like, let's just watch the sunset together one last time kind mm-hmm. of deal. And you get fan service. All the fans watch, binge the shit out of this show. They're back on board in the MCU. Um, that's how I think they should do it. And then episode six will be gang stuff. Okay, back to 1893. Chicago, World's Fair. Um, before the Stark Expo. Yeah, so he's um, he's demonstrating this temporal loom, which, of course, we've now seen a giant version in the TVA. Yes, he's just doing it with electricity, essentially. Um. And then Loki and Mobius show up because they basically need him mostly just as a key to unlock the stuff yes. uh, at the TVA that they can't unlock because they killed He Who Remains. Which, this is another classic time travel trope. Like, He Who Remains, at the end of season one, said all of this was going to happen as mm-hmm. it did. Like, all of the versions of me are, if you kill me, they'll all come around. So... It really feels like bringing him back to the TVA is a bad idea. Oh, for sure. Just because, I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, the world's going to implode if it doesn't. Like, you really just had to listen to him when he's like, you're in charge of the TVA now, and then I win because I built the TVA, and you can't, you know, it's too late to fix it. Or you kill me, and then everything just happens again. So it could be like time is a, a flat circle type deal where him dying was actually like the beginning of all of the Kangs running through and like showing up and killing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Miss Minutes and Renslayer uh, also travel back in time. Um, and they are looking for Kang to do, uh, I don't, they, they just want him to, what, what do they want him for? Like, what is their... Are they just keeping him from Loki and Mobius? I think they just know that he's really powerful, and they want to kind of put him back okay. on his throne, like this new version of That's, him. Okay. <clears throat> That's right. Um, and Mobius and Loki just need him for a key, and Sylvie is out there to kill him. She has come out of McDonald's retirement, and she is chasing him, uh, wanting to murder him. Yes. Um, and he is also, like, kind of a grifter, it seems. Like, so soft-spoken mm-hmm. and... Stuttery, nobody believes he could be mischievous, but all of these people are like looking for money that that they uh, he owes them. 
and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so interesting well, dynamic. And there. I think the coolest part about him is that he's thrown into, like once he's back at the TVA, this show gets a little bit yeah. plotty and convoluted for a minute because you have like, mm-hmm. you have the woman who was trying to destroy all the timelines. You have the guy who was an actor. Then you have Renslayer. Yeah. You have uh, the Miss Minutes. Uh, you have yeah. Mobius and like you basically have a lot of people who have different kind of goals that are all happening at once. And, motivation. and he's just kind of yes. dropped into the middle of this and is trying to yeah. keep up with everyone. And in general does a pretty good job, even though he is kind of like you can tell he's doing a little bit of conniving of his own for a little bit. Well, because he has like the TVA handbook, like who knows what else yeah. is in there? Like. He knows how it's all built, but yeah, he definitely has the upper. Well, and just like there's like you can kind of see some kind of Machiavellian planning behind, like 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 the way yeah, that behind uh, his eyes. There's a there's a point where Rinslayer and Miss Minutes are kind of fighting over him, and like a kind of romantic, but also kind of just like I want to be your partner in this powerful yeah. endeavor way. Um, yes, which is just fascinating. So, all right. Say the court case, I mean, honestly, I have no idea how now this trial could go on forever, and eventually he's going to need to be filmed uh, at some point, which I guess he, and aside from like post-credit stuff, I guess the next big thing he's in is uh, Kang Dynasty, which is 2026. So I guess, you know, you can do a year of trialing and (laughs) get through it, but... All it, say he's not Kang for the future movies. Do you think Renslayer or Miss Minutes take over in some form as the big bad? Do you think they write them in? So or do you think they just recast? Renslayer is would be a nice choice just because you have an actress there who's already pretty intimidating. Like I could see her becoming bigger, but Miss Minutes has the advantage of you could. She she talks in this show about wanting a body, so you could kind of cast whoever yeah. you want put Miss Minutes into like an Android suit or whatever, who looks like whatever you want this person to look like. So it kind of leaves your options open. And she's also a super AI. So she can be as smart as you want her to be. All right. So two, two qualms or just, just thinking in uh, putting myself in the, in the shoes of middle Mm -hmm. America. Uh, Do you think that people who just go to the movies, just go to see Avengers movies, do you think they'd be enticed by a supervillain being a small female cartoon club. Well, that's why I'm saying before that happens, you would have her androidified. I don't know in what show, I guess, because you have to have that happen. Sure, or other movie, yeah. yeah. Or you get... Well, also, the Avengers have fought AI before. It's called Age of Ultron, yeah. and it made a billion dollars. I mean, you could even, if you wanted to explain away Jonathan Major's... You could use like you could turn Miss Minutes into, um, you know, person with lots of vessels Another. who's impersonating different people. So it's like some of the He Who Remains yeah. are actually Miss Minutes in disguise. I mean, again, you'd have to give her a better name, and you'd also you have to have some sort of comic book backing for all of this, which I don't think exists. I know that's why I think you need. I think you need to recast Jonathan Majors, yeah. like. Because I, I think Miss Minutes was made for the show. I don't think that she shows up in any comics or anything. Yeah. Um, Renslayer's definitely in the comics. And I don't know to what extent, like, she... I know she's, like, Kang's number one person, but 
I don't think she clones herself or there's like, you know, a ton of her running around. Um, yeah, I, I think you just have to recast. I mean, I'd love it if he could be the guy, like, because he's really fucking killing it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a it is a real pickle. Yeah, <laughs> quite a dilemma. Um, and also, like, how much do you think Marvel is reeling? I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast already, but do you think they're, like, hesitating to see, like, the trial? Because it seems like five years ago, like, oh, convict or not convicted, but, like, you know, accused. You're not in these movies anymore. Do you think they're upset, like, about their James Gunn decision? And now they're, like, a- antsy about immediately dumping this guy. I do think there has been at least a little bit of a change in climate in terms of letting justice play out a little more, but I don't know. Cause even if he's not guilty, that isn't proven innocent. Yeah. They might try to act like yeah. it is for PR reasons, but it isn't. Yeah. So yeah. I think you'd still get some people complaining about it, but maybe not enough that they care as Disney. That's the big billion dollar corporation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Real fascinating. Um, like if is there God, so wasn't good. there supposedly footage of it that I don't think it was released or anything, but like Am I crazy? No, I thought I saw there, something about there being some No, that recently and this is like the most Nathan Fielder staged bullshit ever, uh Jonathan Majors broke up a high school fight between two girls. Mm. And that footage is on the internet. And it's crazy. The girls are beating the shit out of each other for an entire minute. And then he runs over with a beret on and he just like breaks <laughs> them up. And your question is, what are you doing at a high school? Yeah. Mister? <laughs> like, why are you, why are you there? You're wearing a beret. Why did it take you a minute to break up this fight? And now like TMZ is releasing this article as Jonathan Major saves high school students. Like, like it does seem like a Nathan Fielder stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's so much money writing on him being a good villain like you could get real real cynical with the kind of pr (laughs) efforts that might be made by some disney executives to rehabilitate his image 100 percent. and also like i think it would be different if he was playing a hero but he's playing a villain so if he's a bad guy in real life i think that might transfer to the screen pretty well he just can't be so bad that it's uh that ruins work with the actors and also you know if he actually did a heinous crime, like, yeah, he yeah. should be go to jail. But uh, if he did not do a heinous crime, he should be my Kang the Conqueror. Really want to see that. Um, so I'm going God, back yeah. to... What a good show. Back to the show. Um, so it's kind of just a weird chase. What do you think about these two and episodes then, just as, um, like, your experience watching them? Were you on the edge of your seat? Because I... I, the whole time I'm kind of wait, I mean, I love anytime Jonathan Majors is on screen, I'm having a a ball. Like I just love seeing him. Um, I think that these kind of how you felt about two, where you're seeing a lot of like character development and you're really enjoying like that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it was just, they, they do seem like kind of bottle episodes in a way, but they do further the plot. The whole time I'm watching this entire show, I am just waiting for, how does this end? How does this lead us to Kang Dynasty? And each episode is not going to leave me satisfied until the very end, obviously. 
Um, but I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying all of them thoroughly. Uh, I don't know about edge of my seat. There are a lot of moments where I'm like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, but it, maybe it's not as, um, I don't know if I would describe any of the Marvel TV shows as edge of my seat, except for the finale of Loki season one, where Kang shows up and I'm not expecting yeah. him to. And then he has a crazy 50 minute monologue and I'm just like, I, that's the edge of my seat. That is the most edge of my seat I have been in a t- at a Marvel TV show. So I think the thing that's maybe slowing these episodes down a bit for me is B-15 and Docs feel like some extra baggage during these episodes. Well, I mean, you need some side characters. Yeah, but it just feels like every time we're cutting to them, I'm just like, oh, yeah, they exist. Like, it, it feels like yeah, they don't, don't have really. that much to do, but they also, they were in the first season, so... Well, I don't know if Docs was. Hunter B-15 certainly was. B-15 is. I don't think Docs is. Yeah, was. so I don't know. I, I think I might have tried to collapse Docs with Hunter X-5 or whatever, or somehow streamline some of the TVA stuff so we have more room for what the... Oh, wait, wait. Docs is the the short, nerdy-looking guy, No, right? Docs is... um. Who's the short nerdy guy? Ouroboros? No, no, no. The other guy. The the guy with the vacuum or whatever. Or... Casey? Who is... Yes, Casey. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking yeah, of Casey. Yeah, see, Casey, yes. he has a small role, and he kind of has now become Ouroboros' assistant. I think that's fine. Yeah. But but yeah. Docs is the lady with kind of like that thin woman who was the one who was destroying the timelines in episode two. She was the one like leading the commandos, oh. who was then squished in a box. Okay. So she's not a problem anymore yes, to plot yes, around. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I really enjoy. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. But yeah. Anyway, there's. Yeah. She. I I don't think when it cuts to them, I'm not like oh these people again. I don't think they're slowing it down at all for me. Yeah. It just it it feels like they're kind of juggling a lot in these middle episodes as they transition. I don't know. I guess into whatever this final story is going to be. Because, again, the the star is you want to see Loki, obviously. Mobius has become a big draw. And then then, uh, Kang and Renslayer. Weirdly, Sylvie's weirdly not. Yeah, she feels a little bit extra here. Yeah, but I mean, and maybe because I think she was a standout in season one so much so that they're they're like, we're going to put her in everything moving forward. Yeah, like. She'll come back probably for Kang Dynasty type deal. Uh, but I don't know if it was ever intended that way. Like maybe if she wasn't so popular, she would have died off in the first season. Yeah, I just feel like they've gotten a little muddy with... There are a lot of characters, but we are also, you know, in a time travel movie. Honestly, if I had to cut an episode from this season, which I don't think I would, I would cut two, which is the one you like because of all the character development. Well, but I wouldn't but I mind losing... The whole thing with Dox's plan to destroy the branches with the timeline charges, like... No, because you need that to for the actual, like, what's the But you come? could just have the branches be destroyed because they're being overwhelmed in the time loom or whatever. You could just hand... You could you could still have a tragedy happen. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, that's the thing with this show is that we are going back to Marvel techno-babbling a lot, which I think they're doing a better job doing quickly. Like, like... 
Yeah. Uh, Kang just has this special time ball. It's like, oh, this prototype isn't working. He's like, oh, but what about this? And they're like, oh, that could work. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, don't bother <laughs> explaining it. Just, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got to put the gizmo gizmo in the doohickey. It's like, yeah, yeah. perfect. Timeline, I, got it. I would love it if they said that in a yeah. movie. <laughs> the gizmo in the doohickey. Um, so, and yeah, there's a huge fight sequence at the very end of episode three. They all show up together. Um, Victor Timely has betrayed Renslayer and Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes is upset by this. He, some, who puts them in the TVA portal with the dead He Who Remains? I think that's a pretty metal way to end an episode. Yeah. And then they kind of tease um, a team up, be. like, hey, maybe we're going to team up. And yeah. then that doesn't really happen. And that left me on the edge of my seat, like, what is this secret kind yeah. of deal? But um, I think that was just something I already knew. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like a big reveal um, for the audience, I don't think. Not not in the following episode. Um, but, so they get uh, Victor Timely back to the TVA as episode four starts. Oh, what do you think about Miss Minutes, like, wanting to be a human and have sex with Victor Timely? Mm, it, it's weird, because... I mean, just so the idea is that she wants a body, but I don't know how that would really help her. I mean, I guess she gets turned off during this next episode, so I guess you couldn't do that if she had a body or some sort of vessel to back herself up in. But if anything, sure. it just seems to make her more vulnerable because now you have a body that can be destroyed. The same weakness yeah. we all have. Well, I, mean, <laughs> so, I mean, Ultron had that, but then you know his AI would just upload to the... Right, anyway. so maybe that's the kind of body she wants. She wants an Ultron body. See, now that would be interesting. We get Age of Ultron 2, but it's Miss Minutes. But then she's time. also like, why didn't you ever try to build me one? It's like, you have a lot of influence. Couldn't you have just tricked someone in the TVA to build you a body? Like, how hard would it be for Miss Minutes to convince Ouroboros to build her a body? No, but she wants Kang yeah, to do it. Because she, you know, she wants to feel that connection. It is just a weird dynamic that I never would have expected going no. in. It was strange. Two, like Renslayer and Miss Minutes fighting over Kang, like as a romantic partners. Uh, yeah, certainly not what I thought. But then Miss Minutes uh, loves watching these people be crushed to death in that box. Yeah, that was okay. So, what do we think about the box? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty scary death mechanism. <laughs> I wanted to see more, honestly. Like I and. <laughs> I, I just watched 10 Saw movies like in the past three months and you actually see people get crushed in a similar situation. Yeah. And I know it's Disney. You can't. They cut away that, pretty early. You're right. Like they're, they're still, they're very they're still early. standing apart basically. Yeah. And then it cuts away. There is still time to see them just like, I don't know, real scrunched yeah. up. Like, give me, give me that. Do you think they tried to put that in? And then the studio exec was like, nope. Well, think about that. how much cheaper it is to not do it. I mean, they might've storyboarded it, but then they're like, oh, but we're going to have to actually make yeah. this happen. They're like, oh, we'll just cut away. That'll be even scarier. Just seeing people's reactions. And they didn't even show the aftermath. Like there was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's like some it, 1960s Star Trek death, right? If there. I was going to do it, I would have shown, I would have held a little longer till people are like really getting pressed together. And then bef they're not yeah, bleeding I want yet. One shot yeah. of agony. No, I want one shot of like all their faces are in true yeah. peril. We didn't even get that. We just like, they, they look a little worried, like, uh-oh, this is probably going to end bad, but maybe everything will yeah. be fine. I mean, they didn't even really do much Foley stuff. Like, it's not like they were, we were hearing bones break. 
Like I feel like it was just ominous no. noises and some screaming. There's nothing. Or something. We just know in our heads. We can just imagine yeah. it. But that's uh, yeah. I don't know. I was. I really love the idea of that, and I was a little let down. By we the did get to see one death, though, but we'll get there. Well, and here's my uh, here's my theory. Um, should we? Do you want to touch on that, or is there anything else you want to before we? Get uh, to the, so one the thing is, you thought that it was going to be a big reveal when that Sylvia Loki scene happened again. Oh, yes, and that, that was did. that felt I a little did. cheaper than I was expecting. Like it just it felt too early to have happened. Like I. I don't know, but it wasn't the payoff that I thought it was going to be. No, I'm happy that they did it because if I can predict how the thing's going to end, then I'm less, I'm happy that that happened in episode four because that means five and six have stuff that I have not seen coming unless I've already predicted it in my rant today. Yeah. And so then they get their Um, magic back, which lets them, uh, mind control that guy to kill Renslayer. Or Prune Rinslayer. So yes. I guess she's in Prune World now. Yeah. Prune World. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, the huge, yeah, with all the Lokis hanging out in Prune World. And then Timely uses his face as a key. And then he goes, he does? I'm going to be the one to go out into the time radiation. I'm going to be yeah. brave. Which is interesting because yep. I thought what this was setting up is like he's going to pull some crazy stuff and gain a bunch of power. But instead, he gets oh. spaghettiified. Oh, contraire! But I think he yeah, did. yeah. And here's my here's my theory. When's the other time we saw someone turn into spaghetti? Not in multiverse multiverse of madness. I do not remember. Ant Man Quantumania oh, when he is running around yeah. and he is he turns into spaghetti in that one sequence where it, there's the million Ant Man and one of them's Baskin Robbins, Paul Rudd. And all these other variants huh. of him, like he's seeing all of them in the same time. I think Victor Timely, with his conniving eyes, knew what was going to happen. So him getting spaghettified is actually all of the Kangs being born mm. in this timeline. Like he knew that's interesting. What had to like do. like the threads of his spaghettification is all going into yes. the loom. All different yeah. Kangs, and this universe explosion, like Loki, episode five is going to be Loki navigating this thing to get back to where they were. But all of the Kangs will exist in all of the different timelines, now yeah. Because, like, why else would he be willing to? Yeah. Be, like, he's he came from eighteen ninety Chicago, yeah. and all of a sudden he's going to go into a a space yeah. black hole. And it, I mean, it, obviously it fits way more with this character that this is some sort of ploy. Yeah. He's not going to be, yes. Like, obviously they played his character as a little unassuming, but he's not naive. Yeah. As soon as I saw the spaghetti, well, obviously when you see spaghetti, you think multiverse of madness and it's a really cool yeah. effect. Like that they've done in multiple projects now, but I immediately, like I just thought like, Oh, Paul Rudd did that in quantum mania. Wait, what else did Paul Rudd do? And yeah, there's the million Paul Rudds or whatever, Interesting. Uh, which was a very fascinating sequence. So I think that, that him going into uh space and the time radiation is the birth of Kang the conqueror or all the Kang variants. Like, yeah, no, I mean, obviously when I saw it, I was like, well, obviously Kang's not gone. Cause you, you can't just kill yeah. Kang. He's but, the show. Unless they, unless they were like court case is bad, we gotta just kill him <laughs> off here. <laughs> we'll figure well, out a way. That'd be to funny. End five just he six. comes back. He's now a little like he's different looking. He's Terrence yeah. Howard. I mean, 
<laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? Because uh, then Terrence Howard probably has some beef for mo- losing out on billions yeah. of dollars. <laughs> All these box office numbers. And then he wants to take down the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. And then the episode ends with us kind of at a uh, Toy Story 3. They're all headed toward the incinerator. Like the light's just getting Imminent bigger. doom. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there was there was the cut to black like Sopranos ending. And you're like, is there going to be more? Give me a taste of something to come for yeah, next week. Nothing. nothing. No post credits. Nothing. Fucking... Now I gotta wait and well, I guess now it's three days, which is not that long, but but still, uh, I want more content now. Yeah, but just wanna But next it. episode we will uh have the final two and we will talk about the yep. new Beatles single now and then. That's true. That will be probably fifty minutes of the yep. episode. We will rank it amongst free as a bird and real love. It's probably gonna be number two. What if it's amazing? How cool would that be? Oh, that would be so cool. I would love what that. What if it like tops the charts? It's like, whoa. I mean, I've heard well, the demo, I, I so it's not. the last Beatles song, <laughs> but the last Beatles song being marketed as the True, last Beatles song might top But wouldn't it have been cooler, though, if it was like a fast song? I mean, it has to be sad and somber because I guess it's the end of something. I know. But what if they just had like one more... Uh... They had another Saw Her standing there? Yeah. Or, yeah, just... That would be sick. One more rock or one more paperback writer or something. It's like, this isn't the Uh, end of anything. It's just the Beatles in their prime doing a thing that you'd never heard before. Uh, That is the, I mean, because, so the White Album, uh, I got my 50th anniversary that we looked at when you visited. Um, But it's all the Escher demos. And that was like the biggest unreleased Beatles thing for the longest Mm. time. Which is why I bought that, and I got all these like songs, and it's mostly demos of songs you've heard before, but there are a lot of like other like ideas or nodes of songs similar with the Get Back documentary and the Let It Be fiftieth anniversary. There's a lot of the songs from the Get Back mm-hmm. sessions and all that. Um, but now it seems like, especially with the older albums, there's no bonus material because they were putting out so much yeah. content. Like they had to do. Two albums a year, two singles a year, like all it was crazy. Like they were just a machine. They were just, uh, they weren't treated like people. They were, they were gods though. <laughs> they were treated like a machine. They were humans, but they were actually gods. Yeah, you know, I. It is interesting, and this we're just gonna do a last little Beatles tangent. But sometimes, <laughs> like I think, when you're being creative, you can feel like. Uh, but what if I loot? Like, what if I use all of my good ideas? Then I'll be out of good ideas. But really, yeah. It's more like uh, sports or something where it's like it's a muscle. You exercise it. The more songs you write, the more songs you can think of. Like it's not like you're going to run out of songs. Yeah. Like the process of being For in sure. the grind, I think, makes better music rather than worse. Even though you think it lead to burnout, which I can, I think it can do well, that. But yeah, well, you can also, I don't know, save some song ideas because there it's it's different for every. You have Rivers Cuomo of Weezer fame. Uh, will put a song idea, like 10 song ideas per day in a spreadsheet, and then he will go back to that well and be like, oh, this line fits good for this song. And it's kind of just a Frankenstein monster of Hmm. songs um, often. And it's, you know, know, I like Weezer, but you ask uh, a lot of people what Weezer's last good album was, and they're going to tell you a long time ago. I'm going to tell you recently, (laughs) because I am a fan. Um but then you have people who write songs 
because I feel like Harry Styles and Taylor Swift, like modern pop idols, are writing like maybe 15 to 20 songs a year and they're using 75% hmm. of them and maybe 80 to 90. I feel like they're kind of just writing it and then, you know, there's maybe producers are tweaking them a bit. Um, it doesn't feel like some, some, like a punk band. I know Green Day will write like, you know, 30 songs a year kind of and just put out 10 of them or whatever. And that's why these 30th anniversary Green Day albums have been great because there's so many demos of ideas that never mm. became songs or did turn into different songs. Oh, Green Day, really good band. Love them. So, um, I have, I, I actually do so have well. another tangent for the very end because this okay. is, this is exactly great. what we're talking about. Um, just so it's about, Loki. no, it's about the Beatles. Um, oh. and it's about <laughs> songwriting. So there's this, these okay. YouTubers, um, who each have their own channel, uh, and each year, on the 1st of October, which is the name of their band, they get together and record an album okay. in a single day. It's like 10 tracks. Okay. This album, the one this year ended up being 20 minutes. However, so it's not okay. like a like a full 45-minute thing, but yeah, still it's 10 songs in a single sure. day. Um, but this year, they recorded it at Abbey Road. Uh, so they okay. went for kind of a Beatles-y thing. But like, again, it comes back to like... Uh, when you're doing a lot of songwriting, it kind of makes it easier to do more songwriting. Like, yes, it's hard to come up with 10 good songs anytime, but 10 songs in a single day, I think they actually end up with some pretty good tracks that are kind of Beatlesy, but like, like Beatlesy in almost a parody way. Um, sure, sure. But still, I, I'd say give that a listen and we'll talk about it. Or at least give a couple tracks a listen. There's a. Okay. I think. But you're doing. You're doing quantity over quality in something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's the novelty of them doing it in a single day. But still, there are some songs on there that I think are better than you'd expect for people trying to do a Beatles impression in a single day. Like, there's a song called Abbey Road, which is a is actually, okay. it's, it's a Heard pun. Because it. it's the name Abbey mm -hmm. and then rowing like a boat. Which oh, is actually okay. kind of a very Beatles-y pun to me. Because they're basically like... This person drove, this person ran, but Abbey Road. The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a very John yeah. Lennon witty. Um, and then thing. there's a song called Dorian, which I think hits a very Beatlesy uh, stride to it. But okay. it's only twenty minutes, and there, there's videos of them oh. in the studio writing it, which I also think is pretty interesting. But first of October, first yeah. of October. Perhaps I'll check yeah. it out. Um, okay, we have two episodes of Loki left, and we have the Marvels coming out. Yes. Um, and apparently the Marvels has added some crazy... I don't know, they, they added something to the ending that was not in the test screenings, which I guess might have been the plan all along. Um, but I think that could be maybe the Fantastic Four show up, since we got the cast a little yeah. early. Um I don't know. Uh, I, I, they also said this Deadpool 3 and Kang Dynasty are the three movies that kind of lead into mm. each other, which is fascinating. 
like I guess with whatever plot line that is. Um, or no, no, sorry. This it's Secret Wars, I think. So this Deadpool three, that goes to Secret mm. Wars. Um, and then Kang Dynasty is everything that's happening aside from those movies. Oh, what a time to be alive! So much. Let's Marvel see if content. they can put it back together. I think they can. I think they have what it takes. Uh, should we rate these episodes, or should uh, we... so I gave it two what, to the last. Since I think these, I'd give a maybe one point five. See, I like these more than the last two as a pair. So, I guess I do two here and then one point five. I think there. my rating would be something like. One four three two. I don't know. Mine or no, two would be higher be than that. One two would be my lowest. Mine would be one four three two. Yeah, that'd be mine. Well, anyway, um, we'll see how it all pans out, how it fits together, and then we'll give it a real I'm, ranking with real numbers. So. Yes, because just like last time, like episode six is going to be, I predict, like a three out of two, like just on its own. Here's hoping, and then. Oh boy, what a time to be alive. Uh, Loki episode 6 and the Marvels all in one... Uh, well, we'll do two different apps, obviously. But uh, a week of recording. A busy week for us. Alright, well, I have been Jordan Peoples and Marvel has sucked. I've been Cade Weiberg and... No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> 